0: Welcome to Episode 12 of the Patient Safety Podcast. This series is brought to you with the support of W21C in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Calgary. This episode once again features Dr. Chris Pizik, Assistant Professor in the Department of Anesthesiology at the University of Ottawa and our presenter from Episode 8. Chris talks to patients and healthcare providers about the effects of smoking before, after, and during recovery from surgery. He discusses the increased risk of complications, what opportunities for smoking cessation interventions are created when a smoker goes for surgery, and what influence a healthcare provider can have. Remember, to find out more about our podcast authors or look up any material reference in this or any other episode such as the studies and information numbers and websites that Chris mentions here, please visit our website at www.patientsafetypodcast.com. And now, Chris Pizik.
1: The purpose of this podcast is to address the diverse audience that is important to consider regarding smoking in the perioperative period. Perioperative refers to the area before, during, and after surgery. So I'll use that term throughout this podcast. And as I discussed, there's a diverse audience that's associated with this and is important to recognize. So this talk addresses those main players, including the patients and their family members, healthcare providers who interact with the perioperative patients, including general practitioners, surgeons, nurses, and anesthesiologists. The other important issue is that smoking increases the risk of several complications after surgery and the greater the period of smoking cessation or stopping before an operation, the better the outcome. And use of supports such as medications, nicotine replacement therapy, counseling support groups or helplines increase the chance of quitting smoking. The benefits of not smoking before surgery far outweigh the risks of continued smoking. This topic is important because smokers are at increased risk of several complications after surgery compared to non-smokers. There are few smokers who are aware of the increased risk of wound healing complications and infection risks if they continue to smoke around the time of the operation. Indeed, it's also important because most smokers actually do want to quit smoking and are looking for help. Most practitioners aren't aware that these patients are at the right stage for addressing their behavior change management. And indeed, the use of cessation aids, medication, referral to support groups, toll-free helplines, increase the likelihood of remaining smoke-free in the perioperative period. In this podcast, I will discuss the four key principles supporting smoking cessation prior to any surgery. These include smokers being at increased risk of several complications compared to non-smokers, smokers coming for surgery who want to change their behavior prior to their operation, healthcare providers can positively influence the behaviors of smokers preoperatively and post-operatively, and the effective treatment options exist doubling the likelihood of smoking cessation before surgery. So point one, the risk of the big five post-operative complication for smokers. The true scope and the magnitude of effect of smoking on surgical outcomes is not truly clear until recently there is a seminal paper by Turan and colleagues in Anesthesiology 2011 entitled Smoking and Perioperative Outcomes. This paper used National Surgical Quality Improvement Program data to look at several postoperative outcomes 30 days after a wide range of non-cardiac surgeries. They looked at a staggering amount of patients, over 160,000 patients, with equal number of smokers and never smokers being compared. And at 30 days post-operatively, the smokers were 30 to 100% more likely to experience one of the following outcomes, death, myocardial infarction or heart attack, pneumonia, sepsis or bloodstream infection, and surgical site infection. Indeed, looking from a Canadian perspective, the NSQIP data collected to date shows that smokers are twice as likely to have an unplanned return to the operating room within 30 days of their original procedure, and this obviously has costs to the patient and family with regards to stress and concern over their health status, and also ultimate cost to the system as well. Furthermore, none of these outcomes, as previously mentioned, desirable for the patient or the system, and data such as this is concerning. But fortunately, there is potential to help smokers quit before their operation. And ironically enough, it comes from the smokers. That brings me to point two, smokers and surgery. Smokers who come for surgery are different than smokers who do not come for surgery. And this is based on the stages of change. Now Prohaska and Velicer in 1997 discussed the trans-theoretical model of health behavior change. In this, they look at five main changes within the stages of change for any health behavior. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. I won't go into details on all five steps or stages, but preparation is the key stage. This is the transition from behavior intention to behavior. If you assess the psychological stage of change of smokers in a pre-admission clinic before surgery, a large proportion or approximately 60% are in the preparation stage. If you assess the psychological stage of change of smokers in the general public not scheduled for surgery, only 20% are in the preparation stage. Therefore, smokers coming for surgery are, quote, prepared, unquote, for change. They're looking for help, and they want support to facilitate this behavior change. That brings me to point three, healthcare providers' role and influence. It's impressive that the surgical experience modifies behavior. Up to double the number of smokers quit smoking if they have surgery than smokers who don't have surgery. This is something called the teachable moment regarding health-modifying behaviours. There's a deadline, there's serial interactions with healthcare providers, and patients who may not have addressed their vulnerability with regards to their health since this now. Dr. Ashley Webb, an anaesthetist in Australia, has done work with smokers perioperatively. And most smokers identify the risk of cardiovascular and respiratory complications associated with smoking and surgery. However, upwards of 70% do not recognize the increased risk of wound healing problems and infection associated with smoking around the time of surgery. Indeed, the influence of healthcare providers on smoking cessation is very simple and effective. Brief advice from any clinician, such as a surgeon, GP, or anesthesiologist, doubles the likelihood of cessation. The number needed to treat for this is only five, which means advising five smokers to quit, simply discussing this in the clinic, just advising them, will result in one of them quitting. So a number needed to treat a one of five is quite impressive for such a low-tech intervention, but it is effective. There are also referral options available, helpline and counselling. There's a smoker's helpline in Canada with the number 1-877-513-5333, this is a toll-free number available. Specifically in Alberta, there's an Alberta Quits line, 1-866-710-7847, or the website, www.albertaquits.ca. All of these provide resources to facilitate and get smokers in touch with cessation experts to facilitate cessation attempt. Canadian, United Kingdom, Australian, and U.S. data shows double the odds of cessation at 28 days with use of helpline support. In addition to this, there's pharmacotherapies that are available, things that are over-the-counter such as nicotine replacement, which can be pharmacist-managed, or prescription medications such as varenicline or bupropion. These require physician assessment and prescription to facilitate. Use of these treatment options also double the likelihood of cessation. And indeed, several studies exist to show that using these interventions to get smokers to quit smoking before surgery reduces the risk of infection and wound complications compared to smokers who do not stop smoking before surgery. Of note, there is no increased risk of pulmonary complications for smokers who stop at any time point before surgery. This is contrary to previous beliefs. One simple intervention for perioperative physicians to consider is the Ask-Advise-Refer strategy. According to John Oyston, who is a Canadian anesthesiologist, it would be reasonable to consider the Ask-Advise-Refer intervention as a standard of care. Ask all patients about tobacco use, advise all current tobacco users of the perioperative risks associated with continued tobacco use and the benefit of cessation. Furthermore, referral to cessation supports such as nicotine replacement, which are over-the-counter and available for the patients to obtain on their own, in guidance with pharmacists to lead with regards to management of any side effects that develop from the nicotine replacement. Referral to other cessation aids such as counseling supports and toll-free helplines are also available. The majority of anesthesiologists questioned regarding implementation of the ask, advise, refer methodology into their practice feel that they have time to employ this into their preoperative assessment routine. So in summary, the impact of smoking around the time of surgery is significant. Smokers are at 30 to 100% increased risk of the big five complications after surgery death, myocardial infarction or heart attack, pneumonia, sepsis or bloodstream infection, and surgical site infection. Smokers who quit before an operation are less likely to have wound infection and other complications than smokers who do not quit. Most smokers coming for surgery want to quit before their operation and are psychologically prepared to do so. Advice from clinician improves the likelihood of smoking cessation in advance of surgery, and referral to cessation aids such as nicotine replacement therapy, toll-free helplines, and counseling services double the chance of cessation. Thank you.
0: That was Chris Pizik talking about smoking and surgery. One more reminder to visit patientsafetypodcast.com to find materials referenced in this episode. You can find all of our episodes for download there or from w21c.org or you can subscribe to the series for free from iTunes. And remember, we want to hear from you, so please email your feedback, comments, or suggestions for our series to w21cedu at ucalgary.ca. Thanks for listening.